Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. We're going to be looking today at Acts chapter 5 because I want to speak today about the vision uh, for 2018. How many of you are excited what God's going to do? What he wants to do in the life of this church? You know, when I ever talk about vision and I say what I'm going to do, everyone gets really excited thinking, what's new, what's coming up? And you know, I, I always say this, I say every year, a year is, in my view, is, is very short. And so it doesn't seem two minutes since I, I brought the last vision, vision day. But I think it's essential that each year we reflect upon what God's doing and where we're at and moving forward. What, what is the, the vision of the church? You know, it's so, it's so important to have leadership and direction, isn't it? Because we need to know where is God taking us. Because essentially, the, the church that you're part of, and if you're not part of this church yet, then you need to be because it's a good church. You can get a partnership Come on, you can get a partnership form downstairs, but you need to be part of a church, you need to be in a place where there's direction, there's guidance, because by the way, we're here to reach the lost, we're not here to just have meetings every week, are we, come on, we're not here to just sing and just go home, we're here to reach the lost, we have a mandate for Jesus to use every single one of us in some shape or or another. I want to start with Acts chapter 5, just to set the tone. I'm going to preach a little bit today, but I'm also going to just share some things. So it's a bit different, I guess, to, to a normal week, uh, but we have to share these things with you today. Acts chapter 5, verse 42, before we just go into, ver- into Acts 6. Acts 5, 42 says this, day after day, in the temple courts, and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Wow. Never stopped. Then Acts 6 verse 1 says this, in those days, so it's talking about the days that they were persecuted and the days that they never stopped proclaiming Jesus. So there's an important thing there that they never stopped doing it and it says now in those Days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Say increased. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Wow. 
the message, and if I'm going to give a word over this house today and for this year, it's the word increase. Increase. It's not suddenly. We've gone from suddenly to increase. If you have a suddenly, you get an increase. Amen. I believe that the word over this house is increase. The title of this message today is preparing for increase. I've got this expectancy. I don't know about you in my spirit that God is up to something. And I don't just say that, but I believe there's an expectancy uh, that's inside of me for this church, this season, this hour, this year, for God to increase what he's doing in our midst. You know, I, I can spend my time looking at other churches and saying, what are they doing and how are they doing it? But let me tell you, I'm not focused on what they're doing. I'm focused on what God is doing in this house, this moment, this season. And I believe that we need to prepare for increase. We've got to prepare for what God's going to do. Now, just over a year ago, we started our, we've been doing our double services, as you know, and sometimes we, we come to second service. And I know people get tired and weary, but we've heard this morning we've got the strength from God to keep running the race. But let me tell you, what we've been doing is some of you may say, well, I don't see the full fruit of this yet. Let me tell you, I can see with my eyes that God is doing something. And there is more to come. There is so much more to come. I was witnessing to someone in the playground just on Friday and telling them about Jesus and they're saying they want to come to the church. There are people going to be coming into this building and this building's not going to be big enough. But for now, we've, we've got to put up with it. It's a great building. But I believe God, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but there is increase coming. And we got to get ready for it. You don't just sit, relax and enjoy the meetings. You get ready for what God's going to do. Good leaders and good churches plan ahead. Amen. It says, Acts 6 verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing. I meet some people sometimes say, I like, I like family churches where you get to know each other and everyone knows each other and, you know, I don't like too big a thing. Listen, that the spirit of the church from day one was about increase. It was about growing. If you met Jesus today and said, you know what, I'm happy with what I've got and I don't really feel we need to get much bigger because I'd lose the family feel. I think Jesus would have to say something about that. What about the people who are lost? What about the thousands outside who need me? It's not about comfort. It's about increasing, advancing, moving forward into everything that God has for us as a church. King's Church is in the days of a significant increase. If you're here today, you've never been here before. Let me tell you, we've been on a journey so far. And it's been exciting, but it's about to get even better. And I don't just say that, it's about to get better because we are moving into days of increase. It says they never stopped teaching. Do you know what? They didn't stop teaching about Jesus and then they increased. Momentum is the key to increase. If you stop doing what you're doing, then you stop the increase. Let me tell you, now is the time not to put things down and relax. Now's the time to 
pick things up, move forward, because it says they never stopped. If you stop talking about Jesus, we stop our evangelism, we stop reaching the lost, and we have we stop this spirit of going out of the church and reaching people, you're not going to see anything grow. The reason why we've seen God do amazing things in this church in the last several years is because we've been a going church. We have a sending spirit, a going church. And I believe that God wants us to dream big. Dwayne White said to me the other night, he called me out, he gave me a prophecy. I thought, what's he going to tell me? Is he going to tell me I'm going to get 10,000 pounds in the bank account by the end of today? He just said, dream big. I thought, I'm dreaming big. Dream big. Think big. If, several years ago, I, I called our operations team together and we, we had a time of prayer. And I, that day I'd been thinking about what I was going to talk about and I went on a bike ride. And on that bike ride, I remember seeing a picture and I took a photograph on my phone. I got into the middle of nowhere in these woods and this huge wall had the words on it, dream big. That night I showed him the photograph. I said, God's telling us to dream big. Years later, he says, dream big, think big. You've got to think big. For what God wants to do. You know, years ago, we, when we got married, we, we had children. And we had our first son, Jacob, who's not well at the moment. And um, I remember when, he was, when, when we were preparing for children, we were thinking about having children. And, and in fact, when we found out, we got Jacob on the way. We got the scans. You see the scans and you're so excited. And I remember going out to the shops, buying push chairs. I remember buying all the stuff to, to decorate the room. And we're preparing everything, the little mobile, musical mobile. And I go in the room some nights and just look at it and imagine what's it going to be like in a few months. And getting so excited and everything. I'd open the drawers and see all the, all the things neatly stacked in the drawer my wife had put in. And everything's perfect. Everything's prepared. Everything's ready because we're about to occupy. We're about to take more people into the house. And I'm thinking, what? I remember thinking in my mind, what's the sound of of another person in this house going to sound like? What's it going to be when, when, I can't imagine, it's just been me and Emma and now there's another person and I see the scan and I look at the room and I'm preparing. So exciting. Everything was perfect. The day I went into the hospital and I walked in there and the first thing Emma said to me, can you go and change his nappy? And I went to the other room and there's other families all, all in there and they're changing nappies on this. And, I, and I'm looking thinking, I, I didn't expect this. Look at the color of that. They don't tell you this, do they? You know, I, I, like, the, I like the room when we're setting the room up and I like the musical mobile and everything's perfect. But this, this as well. And I realized that all the nurses and everyone who've been running around us preparing for this baby to come were all there to help with their expertise and the support was there. But the moment they'd gone, that was it. Right, it's your kid. Enjoy the next 18 years. On to the next one. And, and so I, I, I'm like, wow, we got responsibility. And, and listen to me. It's very different when your child last night has been sick in the middle of the night and you've got to run into the garage and grab a bucket and you're looking after your sick son. It's very different to the experience of when you're preparing, putting everything neat into the cupboards. Can I just say something? When people occupy this church and they come in, there is a responsibility and a duty upon us to teach them.
and to raise them up to be good people and leaders. Amen? Do you believe that? I believe it's a responsibility that we don't just have children in the house that just sit, but children in the house that learn. And I believe that this year is going to be a year where we need to move from the basics to the mature. In Hebrews 6 verse 1 it says, Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. In other words, you can't just hang around the basics. You've got to start building people. People have got to start growing. They've got to move from milk to meat. I remember when our children would have, they grow up and the first thing you're doing is giving them milk. Then the next is we're going to wean them onto some liquid food. And I used to look at it thinking, how can you eat that? It's disgusting. Then all of a sudden they're eating curries and burgers. We do eat more healthy stuff than that in our house. But I'll never forget the first night I took my son out for a curry. They grow up. And before you know it, they're asking, Dad, teach me this. Teach me that. And I don't want this church to be a church that just comes in and we're just, we're, we're on an elementary level. I want to move us to a mature level to raise people. Amen? Let's move on and take forward into maturity. I want to bring three principles today and share some stuff with you about what we're doing. The first is this, we're going to prepare for increase by building a people of confidence. By building a people of confidence. The apostles, the 12 apostles said this in verse 3 of Acts chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. What was happening here is some women, as the, as, as the church grew, some of the Hellenistic Jews, the women, and the Hebraic Jew, Jewish women were arguing that they, they weren't, some of them weren't getting fed. And so, you, you know, if, if this happens, you've got to make sure you keep the women happy. And so, so they had to make sure that someone fed the women. That they weren't being missed. What you see here is the fact that when church grows, there is more demand. So when, when something gets bigger, it needs more responsibility. It needs more leadership. So what happens is that you've got these 12 apostles and they're saying, we've got to choose people, select people. We've got to get someone to deal with this because we're now not being able to spend time preparing our messages for Sunday. We're not having time to do this. We've got to release responsibility. We've got to delegate to accumulate. Delegation. We've got to release these duties. And so you can imagine the call and say, we need seven people. Who wants to be a leader of the distribution of food? I don't think there'd be many hands up that day. No, I want to I be this. I want to be... No, who wants to be that? And they selected them. But he says they selected people of wisdom and follow the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say is here is that they looked to build people with wisdom. They wanted people to learn to grow in leadership. So that they could release their duties and grow in what they were doing. And let me tell you, when the demands of this church are going to increase and increase, we have to raise leaders. 
Well, that went a bit quiet. We've got to raise people to another level. We've got to raise people to a place that releases responsibility. Because on our own, you cannot grow. You've got to grow leaders. Growing leaders grows churches. Amen. So what they did is they said, we are understanding that there's, an incre- there's a spirit of increase going on. There's a spirit of increase, so we've got to do something. We've got to put people in position and ready. When the numbers increased, they released more leaders. Now, what I want to share is that for many years, we've had myself, Steve, and JL uh, as senior leaders of this church uh, on the eldership. So they're, they're on the eldership alongside me. But I felt it this year that I want to start to increase that group of people. And by the way, I want to continue increasing it. So I don't want to just see just a faithful few carrying the weight. But I believe we need to see more. And so today I want to announce to you that as of today, Lee Tilbury will be joining our senior leadership team. As of today. Now I said, where, I said, where is Lee? I said, where is Lee? Is he going to be here? And he's downstairs on the door. That's, that's, that's the heart of a leader. The, we, we say hello to you, Lee. Oh, here he is. We're going to pray for you at the end, brother. Come on, give him a big round of applause. I've known, I've known, Lee, I've known Lee for nearly 10 years now. Um, and uh, he, he, in fact, he came to this church not just long after Jacob was born. And Do you know through the years, there's a lot of things that that man does behind the scenes that no one sees. And if you know that you've been uh, in touch with Lee or you've ever connected with him, his pastoral ability is, is I believe, is better than mine. Uh, I think he's got a greater gift at, at dealing with people and, and patience. Not his wife, he's got patience. <laughs> patience is great, but we love your patience. Big up to patience. But his, his ability and patience is fantastic. And I want to commend the man. I want to commend him because he's not just someone who's done the duties, but he's a really good friend of mine. And, uh, and I've been honored to work alongside him and to see what happens when I talk to him behind the scenes. And I pray about this. I've been praying for a long time for God to show me. Because I don't just select people like you just pick them out. I don't do that because I need to know it's right for the season of what God's doing. It has to be right. And so I really believe that for now it was time to release Lee. Now the thing is, Lee, he, he said, I want to come back to you and pray about this. And then he came back to me and he said, Phil, I've, I've prayed about it. But then I realized I'm, I'm already doing this. The heart of it is, is that people who release themselves into leadership are already doing the job. You don't get a position, a title, and then you become that. And so Lee was actually running the race. He was doing this. And, uh, but I believe as we release him as a corporate body, he's going he's gonna to really shine. He's preaching. Everything that God wants to do through him will shine. And it will just give him that confidence. But I want to encourage you. We need more people, don't we? There he is. Good old Lee. I like the picture there. Looks like he's on holiday, doesn't it? But I've also decided to increase our, if some of you are new to the church, you'll, you'll know that we address the pastoral care team that we have. This is a team that not necessarily elders, but they're teams that you can go to and to talk to as we see them as official pastoral care team. And so if you just bring that picture up, you'll see that there's lots of new faces on there. If you don't like your picture, tough. <laughs> Obviously my wife's on there, Jean-Louis 
and Joanne, who's been on before, Lee's been on, and Steve. Liliana, we wanted to introduce and just officially see her as someone. She gives a lot of time to ministering to people here and many times uh, just encouraging people, great encouragers. And uh, Patience and Danga, we wanted to bring Danga onto the team as well. And also John and Diane, I really believe it's, it's great to have them on board. If you don't know John and Diane, just at the bottom right hand corner, they led a church for 36 years in this city. And, uh, but I really believe they bring um, a great strength in maturity as well. And it's good, isn't it, to have all different age groups on there and experience as well. So these people, take a good look at them. Come on, take a good look because it will save my time. You see, anyone, we'll give you their phone numbers later. Take a good look. But any one of these people, what we want to say to you is this. It's not that you can't go to anyone in the church, but these are people we recognize are doing stuff. They've got a heart to help people. If you see someone on there and you think, do you know what, I want, I need help. There are a lot of people up there, including me, who are dealing with pastoral type issues. We want to extend that team. I see this growing. I see that growing, and I also want to remember that actually we're now raising life group leaders. And if you're a life group leader here today, there are people being released in life groups around the city, and they're growing as well. We're getting more people coming along to life group. Life groups is a great place for you to train to become a leader. I want to just point quickly, in terms of uh, leadership and growing in leadership, is young Samuel, the prophet, the judge in in the Old Testament. And in 1 Samuel 3.1, it says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In 1 Samuel 2.26, it says, The boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Why do I show you this? Because there's something really unique about Samuel, I think. And that is that he was someone, when you read the story of Samuel, who was prepared to sit in a place of sonship. Do do you know that what we want to grow here is not just leaders. We want to grow sons and daughters. Okay? We want to grow people who are sons and daughters. We've got father, father figures, but sons and daughters who are willing to sit in a place of sonship. Now, Timothy, Paul would say, my son, Timothy. Because he was a son to him. And, and I believe that as we sit in that place of sonship, or should I say daughtership as well, you sit in that place as well, that God will begin to grow you. Samuel, it says, grew in stature, in wisdom. He sat in the temple, his, his mum dedicated him to the temple, gave him to the temple, and there he was growing in strength and ability. So I want to say to you today that as you dedicate your life, as you dedicate your heart to what God's doing here, there are potential leaders right now in this room that God wants to raise. And it comes by being a son and a daughter, not by demanding what you want as a slave. If you look at the prodigal son, it's only when he realized who he was, his identity, and he came back to sonship that actually began to increase in wealth, increase in ability. And I believe that God wants to do that in the hearts of many today. You know, even Jesus stood in a place of sonship. If you look in Luke 2, 46, it says this, that after three days, his parents found him in the temple court, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. When I read that, I thought, wow, 
Jesus asking questions. Doesn't he know everything? Doesn't, why was Jesus as a young 12 year old boy asking questions in the temple when he should know everything? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus set an example, just like Samuel, that when you're growing up, when you're learning, you need to get around people and sit in a place of sonship and ask the right questions. It's the way you learn. Jesus humbled himself. He became nothing. He lowered himself and put himself in a position where even Jesus was willing to sit in sonship. So if you're saying to me today, I meet some people sometimes that say, I don't need anyone to teach me anything because I'm, I'm a leader. I know I'm a leader. In fact, I've had a word from the Lord and he says, I'm a leader. So I believe God's told me so. If God tells me, then you don't, I don't need to learn anything else. Let me tell you, that is the wrong attitude. The right attitude is this, is to say, I believe there's a, there's a spirit of expectancy in my spirit to do more, to be released as a leader. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit in a place of sonship or daughtership. I'm going to sit around the people and I'm going to ask the right questions because I want to learn. That's called humility. Jesus, if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for us. Now look at this. In verse 52 of Luke chapter 2, 52, completely different story. It says at the end, when his parents come looking for him, and they can't find him, they're saying, where have you been? We've been looking for three days. Where are you? We found you. When they find him, and then they move on to verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It's almost identical to what it says about Samuel. It's almost identical. Because what it's saying is this, that when he was, when he gave up everything to be in the temple to learn and come in a place of sonship, he learned and he grew. You need to grow and be more mature because God has got potential in you. And some of us can stay in a place of, of, of not moving forward in what God wants. And I believe that there are potential leaders in this room who are not on these pictures yet. There are potential people that God wants to use. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and what? In favor with God and man. Jesus did not, at 12 years old, go straight into ministry. It's amazing that he sees this journey of coming to a place of sonship and then all of a sudden he turns water into wine one day. Then he starts to perform miracles. There are people in this room that there's a season coming up for you where you are going to go into a suddenly where God is going to release you, but you have to stay in a place of sonship and daughtership. Amen? What do we want to do to make this happen and to help you? It's not just coming and listening to us preach every week. Serving is one thing. That's good, isn't it? To serve just as Lee was doing a minute ago, calling him up from the door just to tell him that he's now an elder. (laughs) That's the heart of a servant. But we want to do something else extra to help you. If if there's something inside of you today is stirring up saying, I want God to use me, then this is for you. What we're doing at the moment is, many of you know we're doing Bible 360, so we do School of Theology. It's completely free. This is not just to give you more biblical knowledge, but it's actually to to allow you, as, as part of this church, to learn more about the Word of God. Because if you learn more about the word of God, then you'll raise yourself in maturity. Because you're eating more meat. 
You're getting the word of God in you. So you know we're doing this already. So these things have been running for a year. We're still continuing to invest as a church. It costs money to do this, and it's free, and we get people from other churches coming and benefiting. But actually, essentially, it's for this house. But this year, we want to launch something completely new, and it goes with the brand of this, and we're going to call it Leadership 360. This is a brand new incentive. And this is all planned, ready into from 2018. It starts in May and will run into 2019. All of these speakers you see on here will be speaking at that those sessions. Now, if you don't know any of these people, hopefully you do. But we've got people like Jared Cooper leading Revive Church in Hull. They've planted several churches across Hull. We've got Jared, Steve Upple. Uh, from all nations at Wolverhampton, he's going to be coming. These, these sessions are to raise leaders, to build people up. John Andrews is going to be here. We've got Keely Morley from Net Church Dartford, Paddy Venner. All these people I want to bring in to help to raise people up. Now, I don't want these things to be massive, huge meetings. That's not the idea. The idea with this is it will have a cost to it. So if people are interested, you pay to go on this course, and there will be limited spaces. We're looking at potentially around 30 places. I'm also going to encourage our senior leadership team to be on this so that we invest into people. How many of you know that if you're a living stone, you're worth investing into? <laughs> living stones are worth investing into. When I was in a company I worked for before, they used to talk about investing into people. If you invest into people, then you see growth. So that's what this is about. We believe in raising leaders, next generation leaders. So if you join this in May, what it will be is it'll be about seven to eight, possibly eight sessions that will run from these speakers on a Wednesday evening starting in May. And there'll be just seven to eight sessions running from May to about February of 2019. So it's not every week, but it's just sessions where if there's 30 in a room, we want to give an opportunity for these guys. They're going to be talking on subjects that I've asked them to, to bring, not just anything. I'm asking them to bring specific areas about leadership to teach you and to help you, but then for you to be able to ask questions from people who have been leading churches and revivals as well. Moves of God. We want to bring in these kind of people because these people are seeing God move. Amen. And by the way, can I just say that being a leader, if you're thinking, well, that's, that shut me off because I don't want to be a pastor or a leader. Do you realize that leadership is not just about being a pastor? It's about serving tables as well. Everything in your life should be about building yourself up as a leader, a good leader to lead others. This, I believe, could be for some in this room today. That's going to be advertised just shortly for you to join on to uh, in just a few weeks. Also to this, we want to invest into our youth. I'm working alongside Jaron at the moment, and I want to see uh, as strengthen our youth leadership better. And so one of the things I'll be doing is, is trying to invest into our youth members and the youth leaders in what's called Young Lions. Many of you know I preached at the Young Lions event uh, in January for the Assemblies of God. How many of you know that if we've got these things already running, we need to be taking uh, we need to be getting help from the Assemblies of God to build up our leadership of the youth. So in 2018, we want to see that develop more. I'm, I'm meeting with Jaron just a few weeks of how we're going to do that, trying to, trying to strengthen that area because I believe there needs to be raising up of youth leaders in this room. It's time to see young people raised up. And if you're thinking, I'm too young, maybe you're just not. Maybe it's time for you to get onto the leadership course and time for you to say, do you know what? I want to, be a, I want to lead youth. I want to do this for Jesus. 
If that's you, then these opportunities are going to be coming up for you to learn. Hallelujah. You see, one of the things I see with Samuel and Jesus is that both of them sacrifice something to learn. Samuel, his mother, dedicated him to the temple. And I find this amazing because every, time, every year she would come back to the temple to offer the sacrifices. You can imagine what Samuel thought. I wish I could be at home with the family. I wish I could be with the rest of the family. But I'm here. I'm serving in the house. Jesus, he leaves his mum and dad. Three days they don't see him. Because he says what? When, when they find him, he says, didn't you realize I'd be in the, in the house of my father? There's something about that that says that when you want to learn, you're going to have to sacrifice time and money. Because Jesus did that. Samuel sacrificed his family. Jesus sacrificed his time to be away from his family just so that he could glean and ask questions from other people. If you want to learn this year, and there's a cost on this, maybe it's time to sow into it and sow into your life because sacrifice will release I believe, destiny in many people in this room. Amen? Amen. Great leaders give great sacrifice. Next thing is, we want to prepare, increase by building a people of his presence. You know, I... I really find it essential that we grow and we have lots of strategy and plans. But do you know what? There's one thing, and I've been always focused on in this church, it's about the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I want to see the presence of God in this room increasing and moving, touching lives. I believe that you can have as much strategy as you want, but without the presence and the breath of God, it's just plans, it's just ideas. So we want to do the practical stuff, but actually I want, to, I want to seek this year to push forward in building people of his presence. In just a week's time, the, all the senior leadership team, I'm taking them all the way. We're going to be at a conference around some of leaders who have seen massive moves of God in this country. Why do I do that? Because I want us to be around those people. I believe that iron sharpens iron, but I also believe that if you're around the right, right people, the breath of God comes upon you, and we're going to see a move of God in this house. Amen? I believe in building a people of his presence. Acts 6.5, it says, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 6, it says that Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Verse 15 says he had the face of an angel. Stephen. A lot to live up to there. <laughs> he had the face of an angel. There was a radiance upon him. Do you know what I love about this, 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 this idea that we've just looked at? That the apostles get together and they say, we've got to select seven guys. We've got to select seven people to distribute food on the tables. This is your new job title. Food distributor. But I read something really special about this because if I look at the story of these men, particularly Stephen and Philip, these were men of power. These were men full of the Holy Ghost. These were not just people. These were firebrands. They were on fire for the living God. 
You can serve food and the fire of God's on you. You can serve a coffee and the anointing of God is upon you. You can do many things in this church. Let me tell you, Jesus will be upon you. They didn't just choose anyone. They said if we're going to get people to do stuff, we need people on fire for Jesus. I believe in this next season, we want to raise people that are on fire for Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. Leaders that are full of Jesus. Those who pursue the Father's presence become sons of the church, not slaves. You become a son. And I believe this year we're going to see that and change and grow as the presence of God begins to touch our meetings. Amen. You see, if you look in the time of Samuel and Eli, there's something going on when, when young Samuel is in the temple, he's in the tabernacle growing up with, with Eli and he sits under Eli's ministry. So he's, he's positioned himself in a place of learning. He said, I'm, I'm putting myself here. I'm positioning myself in this learning place. I'm sacrificing being with my family to be in the place of learning, to sit under Eli. I'm going to position myself. But then it says that he grew in the presence. Wow. He didn't just grow because Eli was a good teacher. And listen to me, you can grow by Steve Uppel, you can grow by Jared Cooper teaching you things, but there is nothing better than the presence of God. You will grow. It's like water flowing upon you, growing you supernaturally. I remember when I used to be into gardening as a little boy, I used to buy miracle grow because it made things grow quicker. You can have all the skill in the world, but some of us need the power of God. We need the presence of Jesus. He says that he grew up. Now, now you've got at the same time something going on here. Because Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were in the same room. They were in the same room. They were sons. You know, Samuel sat in a place of sonship, but Eli wasn't his real dad. But Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli the priest, sat in sonship, but it says they had no regard for the Lord. It also says this, that the two sons were scoundrels. I mean, you don't want that on your resume or your CV. You're not going to move far with, in leadership with that. He's a scoundrel. He says it, that they were scoundrels. Then it says that they used to steal from the offering. Before the meat was brought in, they'd take the, the, the fat, they'd take the best cuts of the stuff. Then they'd bring the offering. They were stealing the offering. Then it says they were sleeping with the girls at the, t- at the entrance of the tent of meeting. In other words, they were sleeping around, stealing the offering, and they were absolute scoundrels. Do you know you can be in church doing the work of God and be an absolute scoundrel? You can be someone who is actually looks like you're serving the house, but you ain't. You're actually bringing down the house. And what I find is here what's so special is Samuel is not a biological son, but he sits in a place of sonship, of learning, but he grew in the presence of God. You can be in church where the presence of God is and not grow. 
Hophni and Phineas were there, but they were, they were stripping away what God was doing. You can be in this church attending every week and actually never growing. And the presence of God is absolutely fervent in this place. Why? Because your heart's not connected. Your heart needs to connect to what God is doing. And we need to build people who are aware of his presence so that they grow. It says, verse 21 of 1 Samuel 2, Meanwhile, while all this stuff was happening with the two naughty brothers, meanwhile, everyone say meanwhile. Meanwhile, while they're being naughty, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. We're in a season right now where God's presence is beginning to do things in our midst. You can either see it, disregard it, and say, oh, it's not for me. I've, I've seen it all before. Or you can have an expectancy and say, God, we want this. And I want to be a people of his presence. Pursuing presence increases heaven's increase on us, not earth's increase. Because God will release what he wants to do. What do we want to do this year? To make ourselves adaptable to this and to be open to God to move. Well, one of the things we want to do is not only do the Leadership 360, but I'm bringing in speakers like Jared Cooper on Sunday. We want to bring in these people. They're already booked in. We've got Jared Cooper coming from Revive Church in Hull. But secondly to that, we've also got our Voice in the City Conference coming up this year. It's already booked in. If you're excited, we've got Martha, one person excited. That's great. That's one ticket sold already. This year, we've got Voice in the City. We've got Rachel Hickson. She was a leader of St. Aldate's in Oxford. Great woman of God, great prophetic voice in this nation. I like to seek out the prophets. We've got Rachel coming. Steve Upple's going to be a speaker at our Voice of the City Conference along with all the King Pieces. All that's happening. But in addition to that, I've got something exciting to share with you. And you, Some of you may not know this person, but if you do, you will see that we are very privileged to have this. But this uh, November, we have Eric Gilmore. He's going to be here. And he's going to be ministering in this church. Now, if you don't know who Eric is, earlier on this year, I was at the CFAN conference in London, the FIRE uh, 18 conference. And uh, Eric was there. And all I can say to you is this. This man, when he teaches on the presence of God, he is one of the best speakers in the world. He was at Reinhard Bonnke's, uh, the CFAN conference in London. We are very privileged to have this man come along. If you listen to what he has to say... He has, he has changed my heart towards wanting to spend more time with Jesus. He has, he has shook me up to want to spend time. Every time I listen, I want to get into the presence of God and just seek God. This man is going to be coming, not just on a Sunday, but we've got a school of his presence happening. And so it's a full eight-hour teaching day. All day is going to be happening here. There's going to be limited spaces. And Eric's agreed. He's visiting the UK once this year. And he's agreed to come here and do it. It's all booked in. And so we got Eric coming to teach on the School of His Presence. That will be opening up very shortly. There's about 80 places going to be on that. And that will be opened up to, on their website to anyone. So I want to encourage you, when this opens up and the doors open to this, we've already got people uh, who know about this in, in the States and in London. Now remember, there was a lot of people at the FIRE conference. This is going to be amazing. A great day. These are people who are coming into our house to speak into the life of this church. We want to build people of his presence. So we're bringing in 
these things. In 1 Kings 8, when Solomon dedicated the temple, he says that when they brought in the Ark of the Covenant into the Holy of Holies, he said the priests couldn't perform their duties because of the presence. I want to get to a place sometimes where it defuncts our ability in the flesh so that God can do what he wants to do in this house. I want to get to a place where the cloud of his presence, his Shekinah glory comes into this house. Jesus, I ask right now that you would do that. Let 2018 be a year of the invasion of your presence into our meetings. That Lord, just like they took the Ark of the Covenant into the Holy of Holies and it says that as they left, they couldn't they couldn't function. Lord, we want that. So I pray this year, God, I ask, Lord, right now that, God, you will bring a revival into this house. That, Lord, we will bring us to our knees. Let us be a people of your presence. But, Lord, I pray for things like Eric coming and all these activities, God. I pray it will build us all to be people of his presence. Amen. I don't know if you're excited about that, but I'm excited. There's a lot of churches who want to see Eric come. I've had people, leaders say to me, I've heard you've got Eric coming. They're saying, we want to send people. So you better get your, your tickets very quick. It's going to be happening on a Tuesday in November, uh, just before Christmas. But as I said, we have got the Voice in the City conference happening this year with Steve. And Jared is going to be with us in the summer. I want to bring some, what I believe are apostolic voices into the house. So important to bring an apostolic voice into the house of what they've learnt. I've sat with people like Jared Cooper and when I've sat with them and talked to them about church, when I hear what they have to say and what they're doing, there is something they carry and these voices need to be heard into this house. Amen? We need to build a people of his presence. Finally, we need to build a people of greater influence. He says this, verse 7 of Acts 6, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. When they increased, their influence increased. It says the word of God spread. How many of you know that when we build ourselves as leaders, we grow people and we're people of his presence, the influence of King's Church is going to go beyond these four walls. You cannot contain his presence. You cannot contain a move of God because a move of God needs to go. Out. It's not for us to sit here and enjoy his presence. It's to change us to be people who are influencers and go. You see, I see something when I looked at Stephen and Philip. Because Stephen, it says, was a man full of power. And he was a man who was on fire for Jesus. But then you got Philip the evangelist. You read Acts chapter 8, you'll see that, 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 that Philip, he was one who went around preaching the word of God, seeing demons leave people. This is the food distributor people. This is the man who'd been chosen to distribute the food, is now going out, preaching the word of God, and he's he's seeing lives changed. Can I just say to you, we want to build people of influence that are not just sitting in a church, but they go out. And they change the world. The word of God spread. We need to be major 
influences. Hallelujah. Influence can never be contained. In 2018, we're committed to creating a people of influence. We've been doing School of Evangelism now for several years. On an annual basis, we do it on a Tuesday evening. Well, I believe now we need to change that. And so this year, to create more opportunity for people to learn, we want to do two School of Evangelisms in a year, and they're going to be on a Saturday. It means I've got to give my time more. I've also changed the branding of this. It's now Evangelism 360. So it works with our Leadership 360. This is going to be all pulled together so that from this year in May and October, there are going to be two Saturdays where people will pay to go on the course for a minimal fee and get food included. And all day we'll be teaching them on how to go out, communicate the message and to pray for the sick and to prophesy as well. There's going to be all these things included in these two days. At the beginning of the year and towards the end of the year. Why? To train people to be influencers. Not just to have it in October on a Tuesday evening. We don't want to change what's going on on Tuesday evenings. There's lots of stuff happening now. So we want to create these two specific days for Evangelism 360 to happen. I also want to just share with you who was excited last year when we did, if you were here, we did the Cambridge Mission with Jonathan Conrad. That's happening again this year. In April, from April the 19th to the 22nd, we've got Jonathan Conrad and his, all the Mission 24 team. This is an evangelist who preaches all over the world, seeing signs and wonders. Jonathan's going to be back here again from the 19th through to the 22nd on the Sunday. We've got a missions week happening that week. And when Jonathan comes, we're going to have the African night running as well. All the same things happening, but we want to see God do something, amen? So this is open to every single person in this church. If you want to be included in that, going on the streets along with Jonathan Conrad again, we're going to be doing that in April this year. We want to create people of influence. Now I've got some other good news for you as well, because how many of you know when you start to do things for God, he starts to open doors? I want to just encourage you that this year... The Lord has increased our exposure and TBN want to join us on the streets for the mission in Cambridge. I've also been asked by October this year, just before the Voice of the City conference, I have to go on to TBN for a show to tell them everything that's happening in Cambridge. And what God is doing in this house. God is opening up doors. Of influence. But they said we want to get footage of all your teams going out on the streets and working and ministering with people. So they're going to bring the cameras and they're going to film us that week. It's exciting. God can only do this. I've not even pushed for any of this. I got someone phoned me up. I've not asked anyone. I got a phone call out of the blue. But how many of you know when you serve God, he opens doors. He creates suddenlies. Amen. Also, we want to see our missions increase. How many of you know that if we're going to be people of influence, we want to send people? Last year, we, for the last few years, we've done the first missions really in this church. We went to Malta the first year. Second year, we did Malta and Iraq. And we want to do that again this year. We don't want to look at uh, new places, but we want to open up Malta and Iraq again for opportunities. Uh, I can tell you this now, but in just four to five weeks, my wife is about to go fly over again to Iraq into the, into the camp with Mandy. And they're going to be going over to meet 
uh, the teams as all of the girls from who were suffering from ISIS they've been uh, impregnated by ISIS members now they're about to be shifted into the safe house that that two weeks that they go they're going to be seeing all these girls come in some of these girls have been tried to be hunted down to be killed the babies to be killed and Emma and Mandy are going over to see this safe house that you've been investing and seeing uh, God do things in. They're going to be going in, in about five, six weeks. I'm losing my wife for about two weeks this time. She goes in there. But one of the things they're doing is we've decided we want to see people go to Iraq from this church again. But instead of through back to Jerusalem, we're doing it ourselves. So at the end of this year in October, uh, November time, there's going to be another mission to Iraq and we're going to be having interviews. And if there are people here, women who are interested, there's going to be interviews set up for you to go, potentially go uh, to Iraq. And so the whole idea of this next trip for them is to plan that to allow you to potentially go. And the idea is that you will not just stay in a hotel, but you would stay right in the refugee camp. We want to plan this. So that's happening in just a few weeks. We've also got these. I'm not sure if they're downstairs. They'll be downstairs at some point. But just to help you understand, we've now got a leaflet all about the Iraq Missions Appeal that's been produced, everything about all that place. This has been produced from here, and this tells you everything about it, where you can invest into that. We're going to have these available at the end of today if you want to grab one of those and look a little bit more about the Iraq Appeal. How many of you know when we raise people up, they're going to influence and be sent? I want to just show you something. I'm coming to a close in just a moment. If I could just have someone on the keys, that would be great, just for a moment. We're going to finish soon and pray for Lee and praying to some of the things that I believe God is doing in this house. But I want to just remind you of something. In Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel sees a vision of water leaving the temple, going out from the temple. Several years ago, when I first took leadership of this church, I've shared it with you many times before. I saw a vision of this place filling up with water, bursting out of the windows and going out. And you know, part of that uh, vision I saw, I saw the evangelism side of it. I saw that God wanted to take us out to, to reach people in the city and beyond. But I want to just explain something to you because I believe that God is up to something bigger. Ezekiel 47 says that water flowed out from the sanctuary and it says that it produced trees on the banks. And then it says that the trees had leaves for healing. They would feed and they would heal. I believe this, this illustration that Ezekiel saw was a prophetic vision of what the gospel would do, of leaving the temple. It would go out and what Jesus did. But can I just say this? If water leaves this place, water does not just wash over people, it plants things. It, trees were planted. Water feeds the trees and the trees brought food and healing. I really believe that the long-term vision of this house is to raise leaders and plant churches. I believe the long-term vision for King's Church, Cambridge. Come on, I'm so glad you're excited, Joe. There's an expectancy in the house. I believe that God wants to grow the influence of King's Church. 
And I believe that in the seasons to come, we're going to see plants of King's Church outside from here. That this is going to be one of many. Why? Because I believe if the water flows from the temple, it naturally doesn't just flow over things. It brings life into things and plants things. And I believe that God wants to see an expression of the source of what's happening here being distributed so that people can receive healing in other areas. They can receive food in other areas. The water's not just for here. It's not just for the streets. It's not just for evangelism. Because let me tell you, if you're an evangelist and you go, you go to plant churches. Philip the evangelist, it says he went around in Samaria and foreign territory places that others wouldn't have probably gone. And he goes and he even meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And when he meets the eunuch, I believe legend says this, not the Bible, but... That the Ethiopian church could have been started just by Philip's ministry. Do you know when you have a sending spirit, when the water goes out, that we have to have a vision to plant? I want to see trees planted, expressions of King's Church Cambridge further and beyond where we are. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? How do you do it? How do you do it? You raise leaders. You raise leaders to plant churches. That's why we're raising leaders. We're not raising leaders just for the sake of it. We want to invest into people because one day people might have to just leave this place where the water's flowing. One day somebody might have to wonder where the water's going and try and help that tree that's growing and try and allow God to birth something fresh and new. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And we need to work for him. Some of you need to sacrifice time, money this year to say, I'm going to be part of this. I'm behind the vision of King's Church. I'm investing my life. I'm giving into this. I'm an, I'm an aspiring leader. I see it in me. I'm going to get around these men of God and women of God. I'm going to glean from them. I'm going to position myself in the temple. I'm going to learn. I want to get into the presence of God. I want to be closer to Jesus so that I have his plan for my life. I'm not in King's Church for an accident. I'm here because I'm doing something with this church. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.